Morning, everyone. Morning. Having a nice weekend? Hands up, show of hands who enjoyed some sunshine yesterday. Great. Show of hands who drove four hours down the M5 to Devon for, to Devon for rain and wind. <laughs> That's good. Not, not our wisest moment, but we did get to the beach, didn't we, love? Great, so as Andrew said, we're in the middle of our Encounters with Jesus series. Uh, we're looking at how we can create these green spaces and how we can um, draw Jesus into conversations and situations with our friends and our neighbours and our loved ones, those people around us. And we're using the Gospels as our framework. We're going to look at Mark 7 today, if you want to turn there now. Um, all the scriptures will be on the screen, but if you wanted to join us there, or there's some Bibles at the side if you want. And some weeks we've focused on the person that has been encountering with Jesus, rightly so. Um, but today we're going to pre- predominantly focus on Jesus himself and what Jesus does in this encounter story. Um, because we, we, we aren't responsible for the people that we encounter, but we are responsible for ourselves, aren't we? We're responsible for, for what we do. Uh, and if we can become more like Jesus, then hopefully we can see the fruit that Jesus saw. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. So with that in mind, let's have a look at Mark chapter 7. Verse 24 onwards, it will be on the screen. So the faith of a Syrophoenician woman. It says this, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence a secret. In fact, as soon as a woman heard about him, um, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed, the demon gone. So let's unpack a little bit more what we actually see happening here. So first of all, we see Jesus leaving his home. He traveled somewhere new. That's something significant I want us to pick up today. A place called Tyre, a place known as a bit of a commercial center. Uh, We see in the Old Testament that it's um, criticized a bit for its wickedness and idolatry. Um, But Jesus goes into someone else's home as well. Classic Jesus going to the people where they're at, often into the most difficult places. And then we hear that his presence couldn't be hidden. His presence couldn't be hidden. We're going to come to that a little bit later. So this woman spots him because his presence couldn't be hidden, and she falls at his feet. There's that thing again. I don't know if you've noticed time and time again as we've looked at these stories. We've heard people falling at Jesus' feet because of his presence. And then she, she asks, actually begs Jesus to heal her daughter. Um, interestingly, they, they then get into a bit of a theological debate about um, who can um, get things from the kingdom and healing, but we, we don't have time to get into that today. It's not what we're looking at. Um, and then the, but the woman recognizes, though, through stories that she's heard about this Jesus person, that there's something that she can do for him, that he can do for her, sorry. Um, that there's something that he can do for her. She came expectant because of stories that she'd heard. And then Jesus declares um, her daughter's healing. And there's, there's loads in there, uh, and we're not going to get into all of it. What we're actually just going to do is focus on just one and a half verses, not even two, sorry. Just one and a half. And these, the, these one and a half, they're going to come up on the screen. Yet Jesus, yet he, yet he, sorry, Jesus could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. I'm just going to read that again. Yet he, Jesus, 
could not keep his present secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. So Jesus' presence could not be hidden in that place. And why? Why is that? Why could his presence not be hidden? Well, I propose to us today that it's because he, he was so sure in his identity as the Son of God. He knew that his home was heaven. He knew where he was coming from. He knew where he was. And he knew about his authority. He knew it more than anyone else. He was so sure in who he is. And all through the Bible, we see Jesus... Um, we see people noticing Jesus uh, as not being from this world, as being a powerful person from somewhere else. And people notice that there's something different about him. And it really was as simple as that. People were attracted to Jesus. They were drawn to Jesus because of his identity and his authority. He didn't need to convince them. He didn't try and be liked. He didn't be, try and be culturally relevant. Um, he certainly didn't go with the flow. He was just sure in who he was everywhere that he went. And then people saw him and fell at his feet because he was convinced of who he was in his identity and the authority that he has. So Jesus enters this room, sure in his identity, and then because his presence couldn't be hidden, the woman fell at his feet, and she had faith because of the testimonies that she'd heard, and then she asked him to help her. And so if we want to create green spaces, this thing that we're talking about, if we want people to encounter Jesus then what I want us to look at today is that it's not about doing. It's not about doing more. It's about being. It's about being. It's about identity. So we're going to have a look a little bit closer at this, and we're going to use three headings. We're going to look at learning our kingdom authority. We're going to be looking at growing our kingdom accent. And we're going to look at enjoying our kingdom access. Learning your kingdom authority, growing your kingdom accent, and enjoying your kingdom access. So, learning your kingdom authority. Jesus knew who he was. He was sure in his identity and his authority. He was a son of man. His home was heaven. In Matthew 28, he said, it says this, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. Not some, not a little bit, not sometimes, all of it, all the time. Jesus also knew confidently that nothing could alter or impact his identity. There was no place that he could step, no, no place that he could be, no one that he could touch, no one that he could encounter that would affect his authority or his identity. And granted, Jesus, of course, was bound to know his identity really, really surely because he was Jesus. Um, it's not always as easy for us, but let's just take a look at this video. Loads in there. But when we, walk, when we trust Jesus, for our identity, we walk with confidence, knowing who we are. And Paul was brilliant at understanding his identity and his authority. In fact, in Galatians 2, he says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So he knew that he couldn't understand himself apart from understanding Jesus. And we cannot understand ourselves apart from understanding Jesus because that's how we understand exactly who we are. Paul understood that he was a new creation and we are a new creation. We have been made a new creation by Jesus. Romans 8 says, You, however, are not in the realm of flesh but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you and if, no, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, 
And then even, through your, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in, in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Our authority and our identity is found in Jesus. And that is huge. It changes everything. It changes how we are, how we act, how we live, how we be. And that same power, that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us, lives in me, lives in you. We have the same power that Jesus had because he is living in us. So if we can understand that we're sons and daughters of God, it will change the way that we live. And so I grew up uh, not in a Christian home and so it was constantly under this... um, kind of banner of needing to prove myself in order to earn um, identity and affirmation and all this kind of stuff. So as I've become a Christian, it's been so important for me to get my affirmation from Jesus and from God as who I am and not trying to earn my way into the kingdom or into God's love. Um, And and I just think that's so important. And actually, I was listening to a talk the other day from Chris Vallotton, and he used this great analogy about an orange tree. And he said, you never see an orange tree striving to make an orange. It it just is. It just knows it's an orange tree, and it just creates fruit. It just makes an orange. So if we can just be sure in our identity, then we will grow fruit. If we can be sure in our identity. Our home is heaven. We are citizens of heaven. John 14 says this, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that my Father will be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So Jesus had all authority on heaven and on earth. So we have all authority on heaven and on earth. Jesus fed the sick, cleansed the leopards, and cast out demons. And then he said, you will go and do greater things than I did. How amazing is that? We've been told that we'll do greater things than Jesus did, and he did pretty great things. Um, so we don't have time to linger here today. Um, one of the most powerful things I think you can do in understanding your identity and authority is declarations. Um, dec- declaring who you are, reading some scripture over you. A great thing to do is to just search on the internet and say, like, who are my Bible declarations? You'll find some great ones to just read out. Um, really good things to do. But the point is that we need to learn our kingdom authority because when we learn our identity, everything else flows from it. Jesus was so sure in his identity and that's why his presence could not be hidden. And so if we want to create green spaces where people encounter Jesus, we need to be sure in our authority and our identity. And we can only do that by looking to Jesus. I'm just going to skip that bit. So when we learn our kingdom authority, what happens is that we grow our kingdom accent. We grow our kingdom accent. So we read that the presence of Jesus couldn't be hidden. And that was because he was so sure of who he was. He was so sure of his identity that it literally, naturally just flowed out of him. The moment he walked into a room, everybody knew where he was from because his presence couldn't be hidden. It was just obvious. Let's take a look at this next video. You can't hide an accent, can you? It's just there. It is what it is. As much as I might try, I cannot hide my Yorkshire accent. You can take the lad out of Yorkshire, but you can't take the Yorkshire out of the lad. (laughs) My accent is part of who I am. It's part of my identity. I can't have many conversations with anyone, especially in Cheltenham, without someone going, is that a northern twang I hear in your accent there? 
Um, and I can find myself in a completely new situation and a new surrounding, completely miles and miles and miles away from my home, even on the other side of the world, and someone can go, are you from Yorkshire? <laughs> and they, they can just tell it. So, and just like Jesus did when he traveled to Tyre, they could tell where he was from. His presence couldn't be hidden. It, it actually literally said he didn't want to be noticed, but he couldn't help it. But I'm not here to talk to you about the smooth tones of the Yorkshire accent today, as much as you would love that. We'll hold some seminars in Trinity House afterwards so you can learn. Um, I, I want to ask us about growing our kingdom accent. What does it look like to grow our kingdom accent? And just like my Yorkshire accent flows out of me and I can't do anything about that and people spot it, I want to ask if our kingdom accent flows out of us. Does the kingdom accent flow out of us because of who we are? Do people, people spot that I'm different because I'm from Yorkshire? Do people spot that we're different because we're citizens of heaven? Do people spot that? Does it flow out of us because we follow Jesus? Jesus had a kingdom accent in all that he did, the way that he spoke, the way that he acted, the way that he responded to everything, all reflected the fact that he knew that his home was heaven with the Father. So I wonder, is the same true for us? One last video. So we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. Do our lives reflect that? Philippians 3 says this, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have, have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, and their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Don't worry, it gets better. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will make his glory, be like his glorious body. Paul reminds us that many people around us will focus on earthly things. But we are to focus on heavenly things. And the difference is often very subtle, but actually quite significant. It doesn't mean that we need to walk around acting like crazy people, but we are different. We are called to be different in the way that we encounter with people. And I've been really challenged on this recently and been having some interesting conversations with people, and particularly with my family, actually, because we've been chatting to them um, and saying, you know, that we're, we're moving on. You might have seen that in the news sheet. And so we've been looking at kind of what church we feel that we're going to move to and where we're going to train um, for me to train to be a vicar. And my family have immediately jumped to talk about the practical things, and because the, they're not Christian. So the practical nature of, what, you know, where's going to be good and what location will work and all this kind of stuff. And normally I would have just kind of gone along with that conversation and just talked about all the practical elements. But I felt really challenged, actually, to just go, well, do you know what? We're actually just going to follow what God says because we, we believe that God speaks to us and so we're just going to go where he goes. And actually, that might mean that it's quite difficult, but if we believe that it's what God's saying, we know it's the best plan for our lives. And so we'll just see what happens. And it's been incredible, the conversations that have then come as a result of that in terms of them going, so talk to me a bit about, you think you can hear from God? Tell me how that works. How, how do you hear from God? What does that look like? And so it's just, really, just a really normal conversation. Another one I think I've shared before that me and my uh, golf pro have some lessons every now and then, often chat about faith quite a lot. And I've been telling him, you know, that we're in September, we're going to be moving house, we're going to be having a baby, we're going to be starting new jobs, all, all this kind of stuff. And, and one day he just looked at me and just went, you're so peaceful. It's like you're literally doing all of the things that people tell you not to do all in close succession with each other, but you're just so calm about it. 
And I was just like, well, we, we just believe God's in it. We just believe that he's going to show us. Just a tiny little thing that for years, actually, I probably would have avoided saying because I didn't want to come across as weird or righteous or whatever, but just, just subtly mentioning Jesus in conversations because it's, it's who I am. It's how I live my life, so it's important for other people to notice. It's part of the decisions that we make. Jesus is our amazing hope. He transforms people's lives. So Jesus hope, is li- Jesus hope living in me is literally the most significant part of who I am and how I live my life. And I don't hide my Yorkshire accent, so ha- why should I hide the fact that Jesus is living inside of me? Matthew 5 says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We cannot hide it. We cannot hide the light that is inside of us. We have to let it shine and let it shine through all of our conversations and our encounters with people. Actually, in a shop yesterday, I saw this um, deodorant. You see a picture. It says, salt of the earth, natural, effective deodorant. And I just thought, isn't that brilliant? That's exactly what we should be. Salt of the earth, natural, effective deodorant. We should be spreading the aroma of Jesus everywhere. There was one next to it that was non-scented. And I thought, I don't want to be non-scented. But um, I just thought that was quite a good little illustration. So people do not light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Neither should we put our light under a bowl. And another little story that I had um, a conversation with my mum last week, because we had the privilege of going to Vienna to Awaken in Europe conference, and it, it was amazing. And normally, I would say to my mum, if we'd gone to a conference like that, I'd be like, yeah, you know, it's good. It was Christian conference, worship, all this kind of stuff, really liked it. And I wouldn't ever get into any detail of what goes on, because I just thought, she's probably just going to think it's a bit weird. But I just thought, I'm just going to try this. And, and she was like, so what happened? And I was like, well, you know, what happened is we'd, we'd kind of gather everyone in the morning, and we'd, we'd have a worship time, and we'd have some discipleship teaching, and then in the afternoon, there'd be a, a preach on going out into the streets and sharing the love of Jesus with people. So then we literally went and did that in teams of 100, and there was like 10,000 people there. And she goes, 10,000 people went out praying on the streets? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she went, well, then what happened? And I was like, well, then in the evening, loads of people were invited back to come to this arena. And literally hundreds and hundreds of people every single night gave their life to Jesus. And loads of people were healed um, from sicknesses and illnesses. And she was like, people got healed. And hundreds of people became a Christian. She was like, as as if that happens. And so it was just a great conversation about her understanding these kingdom things that are going on in the world. That if I'd have just shied away and thought, well, I'm not really going to tell her about that, then she would have never known. And I I have no doubt at all that that will come up in conversation in weeks to come. And it will end up in an encounter with Jesus. I believe that. I really do. Um, So I don't know what your kingdom accent looks like. It will look different for everyone. But the encouragement is, do we have a kingdom accent? Maybe it looks like offering to pray as if it was the most normal thing in the world. Because it is, and it should be. Uh, Maybe it looks like telling someone what Jesus told you, just as you might tell um, your neighbor what what your neighbor's told you. Maybe it's about sharing testimonies about what God has done for you in your life. I felt really challenged the other week because I was running around like a madman telling everyone about this um, series that I've been watching on Netflix. Um, I've forgotten what it's called now. When They See Us, it was brilliant. You need to watch it. Um, But I thought, do you know what? Do I run around and tell people about the incredible stories that I read in the Bible in the same way that I tell people about a great Netflix program that I've been watching? So I put something on Instagram that was like, I've seen two really great stories this week. One of them was on Netflix. One of them was in the Bible. If you want to know more about reading the Bible and seeing amazing drama stories outplayed that were true stories, 
Come and talk to me because I'll show you some stories you can read in the Bible. Um, maybe, it's, maybe it's been a solid place, being that tree planted by the stream that doesn't wilt in a year of drought. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's speaking well of someone when everyone else around you is gossiping and talking down about them. I don't know what it looks like for you to have a kingdom accent, but the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you. But the question is, can people tell that we're different because we're followers of Jesus without us telling them explicitly that we're a Christian? Can they just tell naturally? Not because you come to church, but because you live differently and openly, because you have hope and light that shines from you, because you have a kingdom accent. We're talking about green spaces, aren't we? Creating these green spaces in which people can encounter Jesus. Well, we are the green space. We are the green space. When we're sure in our identity, when we're sure in our kingdom authority, then we become the green space. We literally walk Jesus into situations and his presence will not be hidden. So, and the, and the way that we do that, I know what you're thinking, I know you're thinking it's easy to say to do all of this stuff, to, to be this person. It's easy to say, but actually it's quite hard. And that is true. It is hard to, to do this stuff if we're striving. It's just like that orange tree example again. If we're, if we're sure in our identity, if we're not striving, then it will naturally flow. Do you know when my Yorkshire accent gets strongest? My, my Yorkshire accent gets the strongest when I've spent time in Yorkshire. And then I come back and it's stronger and it flows out. When I've spent time at my mum's house, my Yorkshire accent grows. The more I'm there, the more I remember my identity, where I'm from, the more the local accent rubs off me. So if we want to learn our kingdom identity and our kingdom authority and we want to grow our kingdom accent, then we have to enjoy our kingdom access. We have to enjoy the, king, the kingdom access that we have. We spend time with Jesus, spend time in the Bible, spend time praying. I'm running out of time. John 15 says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So if we stay connected to the true vine, then our identity and our authority will grow in us, it will become sure, and then it will flow out of us naturally. It's, not, it's really not difficult. It's really not difficult. We don't, we don't need to strive and do all these million things, putting on barbecues and joining us new clubs and doing street parties and stuff. It's all brilliant stuff. But if we're not rooted in our Bible, spending time in heaven with Jesus, being sure of who we are and letting it flow out naturally, then it's all going to be a waste of time. We need to be spending time with Jesus and being sure of who we are. Jesus was so sure of who he was. And that's why his presence couldn't be hidden because it just flowed so naturally. Um, cut some things out. Colossians 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, giving to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of Lord, the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through him. As we dwell in Christ, it will flow out of us. Our, our kingdom accent will grow the more time we, we use this kingdom access. Isn't it amazing that we can just enter the Father's presence whenever we want? Let's, let's not abuse the fact that we can, we can do that so easily. Let's use it every day. I honestly believe it. It's not complicated. If we spend time with Jesus, we'll become more like him and people will see that in us. It will shine out of us. You know, I, I'm as bad as the next person at skipping my quiet time in the morning. 
But when, do you know what? When I do, on the times that I do, on the, the, when I have the long successions of doing it day after day after day, my life looks different. People spot things. My, my, I see heaven move more in my life. I see Jesus flow out of me more in my life. I see people asking me more about my faith the more I'm rooted. So the devotional time is so important. Let's look at that verse again, and I promise we'll finish soon. Yet, Jesus, yet he, Jesus, could not keep his presence a secret. He couldn't keep his presence a secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. His presence couldn't be hidden, so the woman fell at his feet. If we want Jesus' presence not to be hidden, then we need to fall at his feet. If we fall at his feet, we need to do it. We need to enjoy our kingdom access. We need to learn our kingdom authority, and then we need to grow our kingdom accent. And then the conversations will literally come. We don't need to strive to make them happen. They will just come. When we do that, we don't need to force anything. The green spaces will just happen. I get asked about the north all the time because it's just who I am. The more time I spend with Jesus, the more I get asked about Jesus. You know, our family have actually started to ask us to pray for things now. And it's taken a long time. Do you know, I've been a Christian like nearly 10 years now, and only just now are they starting to say, will you pray for things? So it, it takes ages, but the, the more we do it, the more it will happen. So we've got to believe that it's significant that people that don't profess that Jesus is Lord come and say, can your Jesus help me? But it, but it happens out of an overflow of us knowing who we are and living in relationship with him. Mark 3 says, when they heard about all that he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Judea, um, Jerusalem and Idumea, uh, all across the regions and the Jordan around Tyre and Sidon. When, when people hear about what Jesus is doing, they will come running, they will come flocking. We don't need to do anything, we just need to be with him, enjoy his presence. Great, I've said enough. Shall we stand? Let's pray. Perhaps the band could come and lead us. Jesus, we thank you that you uh, were so sure of who you were, who you are. In a world where uh, identity and authority is questioned so much, we're so grateful that we can look to you and you alone. So Jesus, just come right now and I, I pray that you will be, begin to affirm the authority and the identity that you've given us. Each one of us now come and speak to us individually. Thank you that you have that amazing gift of pouring in individually to each of us. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you begin to show us what it looks like to, to just overtly be living in relationship with you, with those around us. Maybe just ask Jesus that question. Is, is it obvious to those around me that I follow you? Without explicitly saying it, can people just tell? Because I carry your peace, I carry your faith into situations. And if that's not the case, it, that's okay. There's no, you know, there's no condemnation. But there's, there's an invitation here to come, come forward. There's an invitation here to come, to come forward and 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 engage with Him. And so we're literally just going to create space to do that now enjoy that kingdom access that we have and whatever that might look like for you it might be that there's a you know that as 
as we've been sharing this morning, there's some questions you've got about your identity and your authority in, in Jesus. And if that's you, then we'd love to pray for you about that. Or maybe you just know that you're, you're, running, you're running low. You need, you need that living water to fill you up so that you can be sent out this week. Or as we always say, you know, we, we believe that we've got access to heaven. We believe that we can see healings and miracles happen in this place this morning. So whatever it is, we're going to create space now for you to come and be prayed for. So I might suggest that we, we don't waste any time, but if people just begin to make your way forward, if there's anything that you want someone to stand with you and pray with you for. Jesus, come and be with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come and move. And as people come, if we could have some church family to come and pray, that would be great.